You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm Dana Henschel, and I'm the Outreach Coordinator for Take Us McGinnis Elder Care Law. And today we are talking about what a lot of people worry about, and that is outliving their money. Joining me for this discussion is Caitlin Green. She is one of the Elder Care Coordinators here at the firm. Welcome, Caitlin. Hey, Dana. Thanks. I'm so glad to talk about this. You know, this, this is one of the topics, that, like you said, that's on everybody's mind. So, you know, I work here, but I also have several family members who are clients. Um, One of them is my father-in-law, and um, I know that that is a big concern for my husband. Um, You know, my father-in-law moved into an assisted living in the winter of 2018, and now five years later, he has spent down, you know, most of his savings, and we just have his social security income. So, that isn't going to cover his assisted living expenses. And so that's just kind of a concern because we thought when we moved him here in 2018, he had had a stroke, his health was declining. And we're just like, Oh, this will be fine. He, you know, I, he has plenty of money to stay here for his life. And then the assisted living just took excellent care of him, which is great. But now we're just kind of like, Ooh, we didn't, we didn't budget for this. <laughs> sure. Well, and the first good point you make there is that I think most folks don't realize how much it costs or what it costs or what it is. And, you know, the assisted living realm um, is uh, almost like paying rent or paying an HOA. It is not paying a medical bill. And so one of the questions I get a lot is what will Medicare pay towards assisted living? And the answer is nothing, nothing. Um, just like you and I show our health insurance card when we go to the doctor, um, it doesn't do us any good to show it with utilities and rent and um, or a restaurant and things like that. I mean, I know that that's pretty um, uh, kind of a dumb simple time analogy, but that's really what it is. But it's really hard to navigate all these options, all these choices, all the different places when you are trying to make the best quality of life decision. You know, it's kind of a dumb whammy. Well, also I had a a family member reach out to me. Um, One of her relatives just got a, a bad diagnosis and they're trying to think about long-term care. And her thought was, well, they have great health insurance. They have great health insurance, so he should be fine. But I think it is quite a surprise to people. Well, health insurance will only pay for so much. It doesn't pay for the care. Sure, sure. It doesn't pay for, um, well, really what we would call long-term care, you know, in gerontology is also includes room and board. It includes nutrition. It includes housekeeping. It includes um, quality of life activities. 
you know, things in life that are not technically medical, but go along with care. So what do people need to think about as far as planning for potential care in the future? I think people think about their retirement and they think about budgeting for their expenses as they are today, you know, for their health today. They don't think about what happens if I get sick and need help, like need help with groceries or need help with uh, managing my day-to-day life due to a disability caused by stroke or another impairment. Um, What are your thoughts on that? There's two things that I really believe that people need to know or consider. The first is that every plan is different. Every person is different. No two uh, long-term care plans are the same. And that's because no two people are the same. We don't know what's going to happen. And the other is that it's okay to not know. The point is, let's talk about it. Whatever it is, let's thresh it out and we'll look for the option. So I like to say that a lot of it is, um, it, it's really a sports analogy as much as um, I laugh about that. You know, if our clients are playing, they're the quarterback. Our clients are the quarterback. The family members and the people that are there supporting them are on the sidelines. And where we come in as coordinators, um, I'm not really the coach. That's going to be the primary caregiver or maybe the primary child. I'm the microphone in their ear. And so we, we can't expect our clients or people to know this continuum when it's different for everybody and it, the needs are different. And so I guess my best advice on the topic is to one, you don't have to be perfect. You know, you're not expected to know how to navigate this. And two, we just need to start where you are. Let's start right now. Whether you're in the planning stages, you know, if you are 40 to 45 to 50, we need to just talk about it. Let's talk about it. If you're 60, 65 to 70, let's talk about it. Let's see where you are in this continuum. And we can't plan for everything that might ever happen because we don't know. But we have a pretty good idea, you know, as a gerontologist, a lot of my perspective comes from aging development, what the body might do, could do, statistically does do during age, what the mind could do, might do, statistically does do during age. And then we look at finances and we look at how we meet the best need of level of care financially. So what were you thinking, Dana? Well, I I definitely think the earlier you can plan, the better the plan can be and the more options you have. You have more options pre-crisis than you do when you're in the thick of a crisis. And you do have more time to, to just, I don't know, just like any financial advisor would tell you, the earlier you start investing, the better and the more chance you have for financial you know, wealth. And I think the earlier you start planning for the golden years or for aging successfully, the better chance you are going to have for having a successful plan. I mean, you don't know what life's going to throw at you, but I think just hoping for the best and 
isn't always the best plan. Um, and I, I do also think that people do need to realize that they don't know what they don't know. And just coming in to hear some of their options, you know, you can't just rely on your insurance. You can't just rely on Medicare to take care of all of your care needs. Um, and there are ways to plan to protect assets and make your money stretch if you speak with the right team. And of course, we're an elder care law firm and that's kind of our job. So I know I'm, I'm the marketer, I'm plugging our services, but I, I'm a big believer in what we do and just planning because a will, when people think about aging, they think about a will. Well, a will helps you plan for what happens to your stuff when you die. A will isn't going to help care for you if you were to get sick. And the majority of Americans are going to have, I think the statistic is about two years of disability prior to their death. So you, you need to plan for that. So a lot of the calls that we get is, you know, families who have a loved one who need care and some of them need care, but they just found out there, there is no money to pay for care. Like all that person has is their social security. So what do people do when that happens? I'm glad you brought that up. I was just thinking about that. You know, a lot of people say, Oh, well I'm covered. I've got, I've got Medicare, I've got life insurance and I've prepaid my, my funeral. And from my perspective, I am much more concerned about the health continuum and the disability uh, needs and, and plan, like you said, than I am about the will, about the stuff. And, uh, you know, I come from a funeral background, and so I, I do applaud and I do certainly recommend pre-planning a funeral. Um, it's not as scary as most people think. It's actually pretty, um, it gives you a peace of mind. But the same kind of concept goes for um, disability. You said disability and even just just health. Even if you're in good health, think about the average um, doctor visits. You know, um, I'm diabetic, so you can see I've you know I've got a, a general practitioner, and then I have a specialist, and then maintenance. And so, contingency planning, I think, is really important. But to answer your question, when you get to a place and you say, oh, no, you know, I didn't know this. Uh, for example, people say, well, we're, we will hire a caregiver in the home to aid those gaps in care. Well, most people may not realize that home care is a non-medical service. So it is all out of pocket. And if the client needs 12, 14, 20, even 24 hours a day of care with a caregiver, you're looking at out of pocket somewhere between 30 and $35 an hour. And so then at that point, what we need to do is we need to pivot and we need to look at the big picture. We need to look to see on a scale of independent to fully dependent, what are the needs? Then we need to look and see the location. Is that available where you are? If you live in, um, let's say, an apartment in the middle of a city, chances are there are services and staffing more so if you live in the country on a farm far away. 
So it depends on location. Is independent living right for you? Is assisted living right for you? Or is there um, some way we can stack benefits? And then we need to look about public benefits. There may be things that you qualify for that you would have no way to know. We need to look and see um, what about what, well, first, what insurance do you have and what will it pay for? Or do you have any gaps in coverage there for the medical cost? Then we need to look and see what about what about the VA? Are you entitled to something through the VA? What about Medicaid? What about all sorts of things like that? And so it's really about having someone to look at the whole picture and holistically think, okay, what does this life plan look like? And I would caution our listeners that because it's so different for everybody, I would caution our listeners that what might have worked for your friends or um, somebody else in the community may not work for you. So I, I get a lot of calls and questions about, well, my neighbor switched their plan to this, this, and this, and they said I should do the same. And that may not be appropriate for you. It may work for them, but it may not work for you. And so it really is person specific. Don't you think, Dana? Oh, 100%. I, we get calls all the time that said, well, my neighbor did this. And so that's what I did. And it might have worked for their neighbor, but it completely messed up their situation. So, yeah. yeah. Don't you find that sometimes um, we need to take a step back and look at the plan and, and undo some of those things? Because uh, what's right for one you know, what's right for somebody at 62 may not be right for another person at 65 or 85 or, you know, whatever it is. It's really person specific. Correct. And that's why I think sometimes people get frustrated when they call in and they're like, I just have one question, you know, and right. I've become like one of uh, the attorneys, their favorite response is, well, it depends. Yeah, so it, does. it really does. You know, it depends. So, um, and I know that everyone's plan is to grow old in their home and then go to sleep and and meet their maker, you know, but sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. Um, and people don't realize, like you said, the expense of having caregivers in the home. And it sometimes is more economical to go to an assisted living um, because then at an assisted living, you're you're getting your food, you're getting your uh, shelter, you're getting all of these things and caregivers. Yeah. Um, because you don't just keep your expense of caregivers when you're in the house. You have all of your regular household expenses. Sure. Um, so you've got to think about that. And I don't think people realize um, nursing homes, and you may know the cost a little bit better than I do, Caitlin, but I think... That averages around eight to ten thousand a month in a skilled nursing facility, and about uh, twenty five hundred to sixty five thousand a month for a, an assisted living. So, and then there are memory care facilities. There are independent uh, facilities. There's all different types of options with different payer sources for each. So I think that it's important to just educate yourself on those. Sure. Well, you know, one of the things that I've noticed in transition planning is that, um, of course, we look for the most affordable option. And when you're talking about assisted living, um, if you wait too long, if you don't have a plan, it's going to be more expensive. 
So in an assisted living, there's usually kind of a base rate, and then there are different levels of care. And so I encourage people to, if you think that assisted living might be a good option in the near future, let's go ahead and look at it and what that's going to look like while there's quality of life to enjoy it. Because what we don't want to do is is go to an assisted living and max out their care. You know, we need um, help with everything. When we get, we have to have every additive and every service that they offer, we end up paying a higher rate. And that can be, that can be as high as, as 10 or $12,000 when we max out the care services in an assisted living. And like you said, that may not have been the right time for that. And then when we get to what we call skilled care or nursing home long-term care, it is, it is out of pocket. Most people think, um, I hear quote, you know, a Medicare facility. Um, well, your nursing and your medications and the healthcare that you receive inside that facility inpatient is certainly billable to Medicare. But what about the things that are not health insurance? Like we talked about earlier, what about bathing? What about room and board? What about housekeeping? What about meal plans? What about things like that? That is basically rent and utilities and Medicare does not pay for that. And so you are easily looking between eight and $10,000 a month out of pocket if you don't plan, if you don't plan. And so, um, I think you and I have talked about this before, Dana, but I love the uh, I love the game Jenga, and I have to say I'm pretty good at it. But this is kind of uh, elder care Jenga. We look at all the pieces, and then we put them together in a way that mitigates risk, is comfortable for everybody involved, and is the most stable over time. That's really important. You don't want to move into an assisted living and then have to just move right back out. Or you don't want to have to move two or three times to different care settings. We want to really thresh it out in the plan ahead of time. Right. So I always like to just give the example of my in-laws who my mother-in-law had Alzheimer's. And our plan was for my father-in-law to care for her. And that's as far as our plan got. And um, then he had a stroke. And then I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> what, what do we do now? And we're like, they had $30,000 in a house. And other than kind of the stroke and Alzheimer's, they were pretty healthy. And so we're just trying to figure out how are we going to make this money stretch? And so that's when we hired you know, take us McGinnis elder care law because we would have run through that money in probably a year or two just doing it on our own um, just because the cost of, of their care, him in long-term care and her in a memory care facility. But with the help of the attorneys here and the elder care coordinators, they were help, they were able to help us piece together all of the benefits that were available to them and the best care settings possible for their budget. So, you know, five years later, we're, we're here. And so I'm very thankful for hiring the experts, but I, I know that the title of this was, you know, what happens when you outlive your money? Um, and I'm not sure we, we have an exact answer for that, but I think, 
I think both you and I can agree, Caitlin, that planning, 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 and seeking out expert advice is the best that you can do. Sure. Um, you know, I have a lot of lot of people that say, I'm worried that my parents, or I'm worried that I'm going to outlive my money, or that I won't have enough to care for my healthcare needs. And then I have people that say, you know, I really worry about spending all of my kids' inheritance on healthcare. And then they'll say, is there any way that I can preserve some of that? And you're right. The answer is planning. Um, But there really is no set answer to, quote, outlive my money because it's more about strategy. It's more about using your money wisely. It doesn't matter what the amount is. You just have to use it wisely and in strategy to overlap what's available, what could be available, and what you need. You know, it's kind of, we, we fit that Jenga puzzle together, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter what the amount of the assets are. Um, it comes down to different people qualify for different things for different times and reasons. And you really just need that microphone in your ear saying, this is available, or this is not going to work. And we pivot. So um, I really don't have a problem with paying for good care while it gives quality of life. You know, I've, I've talked with folks about how they, they're not sure that they need to spend any of their assets on an assisted living if they're going to then end up later on in a nursing home. And they say, well, why don't I just go straight to the nursing home And I say, are you going to be happy? Are you going to be engaged? Are you going to have quality of life? And if your client, your mother, can go to an assisted living for the first maybe two or three years and enjoy herself and have a full life, what is that worth? So we look at those things. It's more than just uh, out of pocket, although that is very important, but also the context of isolation and engagement, quality of life, uh, not just longevity, but really livability. Yeah, I think that's super important. So, you know, back back to looking at the whole picture for the whole person, there's a lot of things that come into play. And I get a lot of feedback that, man, this is complicated, you know, with Medicaid or with Medicare. Ooh, this is a, this is a, a maze. And that's true. And that's true. But luckily that there are Um, people that love to work this puzzle professionally. That's right. And just consulting someone that does it every day will take a lot of pressure off. That's right. I know that my husband was, you know, like I said, he's a client. He's just like, I love that I can be at work and know that Caitlin and Deborah and elder care coordinators are, they're taking care of it. They're taking care of it. I don't have to spend my work day making calls and doing all this stuff. I know that they're going to find a, a place, you know, and take care of dad. So that's, it's just a real big peace of mind for us. But oh, that's I, know, I know that we could just chat, chat, chat all day about this stuff, <laughs> but that's all the time that we have for today. Um, So Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges 
caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? Document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.